You gotta have a podcast. 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 Hey everybody, welcome back to You Gotta Have a Podcast, season two, the season of the swerve. It is I, Angela Palladino, your trusty host. Back here to bring you through another conversation with another creative who has made a big old swerve in their career. Today, we are talking to writer, comedian, performer, Kathleen O'Mara. We get into performing versus writing and how they impact each other. And we also chat long and hard about the internet and TikTok and making content at an almost breakneck scale in this very weird time. It's an incredible conversation. I had a wonderful time talking to Kathleen. Minor warning, there's a few audio glitches in the recording. That is on me. I fucked up some stuff. But it's a wonderful conversation, and I hope you enjoy. Here is my conversation with Kathleen O'Mara. I was like a full-blown like theater kid in high school, and I went to school. I went to college for theater for four years. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a BA program, but it still had like an emphasis on acting and directing. And, um, you know, I was like really hardcore, like I'm going to be on Broadway kind of thing, or like, I'm going to find a way to make my life as like a theater actor. I had like no interest in film, which was like, I feel like a very big thing. If you were a third kid in like the early 2000s, I feel like now they know how to pivot, but I feel like then it was like, I'm a serious actress and I'm only going to do the stage. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And then um, I like worked out of school. I had like kind of somewhere along the line half thought I was going to switch to administration, but there was still like always part of me like right out of school and stuff that was like still trying to be an actress. I did like one professional show. And um, and then I was like, no, I'm definitely not going to be an actor, but I'm going to pivot to like just like theater administration. And then I did like six months working at a professional theater company um, in like a regular job. It was like my first full job out of school. And I was like, wow, I hate this. I was like, I'm like a creative person who needs to do a creative thing. And I kind of like had this like soul searching thing of like, well, what do I actually like? like in terms of creative output, not necessarily mine. I was like, well, I love television. And I like, I like, I had always been told in school, like, oh, you're so funny. You should do comedy. You should do comedy. And I was like, I don't really want to be a stand up. Um, And then like every white girl in like 2010, I was like, ah, I will be Tina Fey kind of uh, thing. And I was like, yeah, I've heard that story before. (laughs) Yeah. I want to, I want to write for television because I'm watching 30 rock right now. Yeah. (laughs) Wow, sounds familiar to me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah so, we so we all can't. We actually can't write. If we ever get famous, none of us can write like uh, Tina Fey style bossy pants books because it will just all be that story. It's a it's a it's a three paragraph essay. Yeah, about <laughs> having Tina Fey be on uh, SNL when we were in high school and then in college, Thirty Rock happening and being like, "This oh. is it." <laughs> it like really appealed to me because I had I think one of the things I didn't want to do why I didn't want to be an actor specifically I realized is that I am not like um I'm just not someone who can handle being unemployed like I mean I know writers are in the same boat but you can maintain like a nine to five as a writer and then when you get a job as one 
they don't always have traditional hours, but they have like a schedule and like a life. Like it's, you're not like, you are jobbing to jobbing eventually, but you're not, it's just not that like same pressure that I think performers have. And I, I found that I didn't mind auditioning. I didn't mind like being in an audition room, which is what they always warn you about. But I didn't mind that like, oh, I don't, if I, even if I get an acting job, I'll be unemployed in three months again and I'll have to do this again. Like I can't stand job hunting. Yeah. Also like with acting, I feel like you, it's less so like the auditioning thing, but it's it's like, you can't really do it uh, unless you're being allowed to do it. Yes. You know, like with writing, you can always write, even if you're not being paid to write, you can just keep working on your craft. Whereas like acting wise, you either then have to pay to be in a class or yeah. like, or how you have to like, you know, to have, wait for someone to tell you that you're now allowed to act in whatever thing. <laughs> yeah. You're never like truly in control of like your own projects. Like I have friends now who are like definitely dedicated, like both like film and theater actors. Mm -hmm. And even like now as a writer, sometimes they'll just be like, Oh, Oh, I really need like, I just need like real stuff. So I'm just going to like pay someone to like, film a scene and I'm like what if I just like wrote you something and we filmed it I was like that helps me that helps you and like yeah. it's so hard just to even get like samples of your work you need someone else to like do it for you if you're a, if you're an actor yeah it really is I remember when I briefly was trying to do a lot more performance stuff and I was you know when you first are like oh I need to put together a reel but you're like I have no clips <laughs> <laughs> it's also chicken before like the, the egg. first time you try to do like a resume too you're like but I don't I haven't I haven't done anything <laughs> yeah <laughs> or like um well it fits on half a page uh how do I yeah how do I make it longer <laughs> <laughs> how big can this font go before it starts to look weird <laughs> yeah what how much space should education take up because I did do that <laughs> for four years can I like just make it bigger <laughs> I did was one point when I was doing that, especially with improv stuff where I like I would just like the all the I would I listed out like every improv class I had ever taken, <laughs> which was a lot of them. But it was like half the page was just like <laughs> improv classes. Yeah, there is like some validity to that in the sense that they tell you about when you're a performer that like um, what you've done is never as important as like who you've worked with. So like, if you're listing out a class, it's okay to list out a class. Cause you get to list, you should list out all the your teacher. teachers. So they're like, yeah. be like, ah, I know John Buck. Yeah. And he's someone that doesn't really work. Exactly. But it allegedly does. Yeah. <laughs> I have no uh, luck with it, but I have heard that same piece of information. Yep. Um, when, um, so when you started to get more toward, writing and like even testing the waters were you starting out doing that like I'm gonna write for myself just so that I can have more stuff to do or was it like writing with friends or did you just start like going and like oh I'm just only gonna write for other people what did you think I, well I took a class I took a sketch yeah. class and it was like it really but it also was like very specifically oh this is a funny story when I was in college Kevy Chase did a master class <laughs> he was like a guest artist at my college what? Uh, it, was, it was like not only is it weird and random he was like bad at it like he did a bad yeah. job and he was like he's kind of mean to everybody too he's like, notoriously he's like, a horrible person he's to work with a bad person and he yeah. that's how he acted and but at that same time the only time in my four years at school we were not like a, 
a college improv school. Like we've had a big theater and a big film department, but like comedy wasn't really a thing. But there was mm-hmm. one semester a teacher taught comedy writing. I don't even know what it entailed. I guess they, they wrote sketches. Like I have no idea what that class yeah. could have even been because there wasn't like a com- comedian presence on that campus. So but yeah. I remember like wanting to take it and then like not taking it and like and then like really regretting it. And like it like stayed with me for a few years. And then that class like did the master class with Chase, Chase. And I was like, oh, I could have that on my resume. Like I know stupid would have cared, so but, weird um, um but it was like the class itself I had like regretted not taking so I was like oh mm-hmm. maybe I want to be a comedy writer so I should take some copywriting class and yeah it was yeah. between like pit UCB or like a stand-up I had a friend who had taken a stand-up class and I was still like not sure about the stand-up thing so I went the sketch route yeah I feel like taking a stand-up class, I've never taken a class on how to write stand-up, but I write a lot of stand-up and I always have been. And I just feel like it's it's such a hard thing to teach because there's yeah. so many different, there's no game. There's yeah. set up punchline. I also think it's like it. speaking broadly, mm-hmm. stand-ups are like, some stand-ups are definitely writers, but there's yeah. a lot of stand-ups that are like write a bunch of stuff but I wouldn't qualify them as writers so like I wouldn't know who would teach those classes like if someone had like a very hard like oh I write screenplays and I write all this like they have like a much more structured writing background and also I that would be someone mm-hmm. who I think would be a good stand-up writing teacher but like I don't know you don't know who you're gonna get because I feel like some stand-ups would just be like oh yeah I just like joke and talk about whatever and yeah. like that's not helpful <laughs> there are some people who it's like it's it's like 90 percent delivery and <laughs> really less about like the structure yeah it's like you know you're a yeah yeah you're an interesting person who's like just kind of naturally charming and funny yeah um so when you started you know just taking writing classes and like started to explore writing more was it like an immediate like click like oh this is like feeling good it's vibing like this is where I want to like go down this path a bit more or were you still sort of like one foot in the acting world one foot in writing world I think I was like done acting by that point um yeah but I will say though because like I like I still wasn't totally sold on like after one class like purely on sketch writing like I knew I wanted to write longer form stuff but like I didn't know but it, it felt like you know like again a familiar story of like it felt good to like be in a community of people who wanted the same thing. So you wanted to take the, other, the next class and like, yeah. and it at least seemed like those people knew, like you could get, you know, and we're, I think probably started around the same time of that, like early tens when there was like a more, mm-hmm. there were more jobs you could get from sketch writing, like yeah. five to 10 years ago, there was more of those like, Oh, you could write for websites. And like, there was more, like yeah. middle level comedian jobs and those are all gone now because all those sites crashed so it felt like <laughs> oh even if I'm not writing tv this could like lead to yeah like, like funny or, or some or... bullshit you know exactly um, exactly all those media that media uh revolution that then quickly fizzled out <laughs> yeah and then and then I was also um I think briefly I did like a continuing education like screenwriting at the new school which was like an online program because I was still living New Jersey and um which sounds like it would have been a good idea but it wasn't a very good class I didn't really get much out of it and I didn't find it yeah super helpful um and then after I had kind of gone through the sketch program I did improv because that's what everybody was doing and then when I did improv 
I was like kind of good at it because I had like a performance background and I like kind of fast tracked back into performance for a brief period because like I got Mm -hmm. on a house team at the pit and Mm -hmm. like it was very validating having been through a training program as an actor in like a college program. Yeah. Those programs are not validating unless you're like the one person that everybody lo- like that one girl who gets yeah. every role. The star. Yeah. And um, <laughs> yeah, like they're very, there's like, you know, BFA or BA acting programs. I just had a whole conversation with a friend like two days ago, just, we were like hanging out and just miserable. Like, we're like, this is like the most traumatizing thing that ever happened to us. <laughs> um, because they are, they're like really abusive. They're really bad. So like, yeah. Improv, even for as we know, I mean, we know how abusive and bad improv can be, but that like mentality of like, yes, and, and like people are kind of fun and nice and, you know, they make yeah. jokes like felt very validating having come from a very negative training experience. Yeah. Um, like my negative feelings about improv came later. Um, but like yeah. when I was in it, it was like, oh, maybe I do want to be a performer. So then I was trying to kind of do both, I guess, for a little bit. That is interesting. Yeah, because like with improv, right, it is more of like person to person with your peers, especially it's a lot more supportive feels it may feel like there's a lot more room at the table than I imagine it would in a BA or BFA program where it's like everyone is kind of competition. (laughs) You're not all it's like you're you're all you're all trying you all the same end game like you all want the same career you all want to be on a house team you all want the same things. But you're not all like trying to game yourself into like one role or like one thing you're allowed to be. It's like you all have like a sort of equalized thing that you're aiming for. Um, Yeah. I don't think feels as it's definitely competitive, but it doesn't feel it. And like you're people aren't like saying weird things to you about your body every day. Like people aren't just like, well, you're just not, you know, you, you, you know, they really only cast people in the woods into the woods based on looks which is like a really passive aggressive way of saying you're like not hot enough to be the witch (laughs) it was funny i was talking with aaron harland uh do you know aaron by any chance Uh, the name sounds familiar but i don't think she um she does improv stuff or she used to now she does music stuff but she went to acting school and she uh then did improv and and the reason she kind of went more toward improv after acting school was they were just like, you're the best friend in everything. Yeah. And she'd be like, I don't want to, I don't want you to tell me who I am, like that sort of thing. So it is, I I don't know that like, it's interesting that coming out of that situation, I feel like it's like a lot more, you either sort of like bend over to the will of what people are going to say, or I feel like you then kind of rebel a bit and then pivot. Did you find it was like, freeing a little bit when you started doing other stuff because you had the freedom to do whatever you wanted especially yeah. creatively yeah I think especially like especially if you're like like I'll say it I'm fat um you know especially in like college theater programs you're mm-hmm. always cast as the mom or like the t- like town lady gossip which is like really fucked yeah. your head when you're like 21 um yeah it like you're like wow it's like I'm going to internalize. Oh, oh, I can't sing this song because I'm not an ingenue. And so I'm not the girl, like I'm not allowed to sing songs where I fall in love uh, because my professors don't believe that I would ever play a character that would fall in love. Right. (laughs) That's like the long and short of it. 
And so like, I remember internalize that. (laughs) Yeah. It really, it like really damages you in a very deep way. And like, yeah, but like that you're the best friend or you're, or like you're the town slut, which is like another thing you, that can be a term. Like there's so many different folks that you're very, and like improv, if if you've been in that very rigid theater world, improv does Mm -hmm. feel very freeing. Cause like, I can't tell you how many improv scenes I've initiated by walking on stage and going, Oh my God, I'm so hot. Like I, like I sometimes just do that where I'm like, I just make (laughs) myself the hot girl and everyone has to agree with me in an improv scene because I never had to play those roles before. Like there was no, like sometimes you get like shitty partners who will like label you in a weird way. Like one time I, I did a scene where I very clearly like, um, had it was like early on so it's ingrained in my brain forever where I was very clearly hitting on my male scene partner and he said mm-hmm. oh that's stop being so strange mom and I was like I was like mm, 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 mm. No. <laughs> but like for the most part people will agree with you and you yeah you don't you, you can play however you want in improv and that I think is yeah. for a lot of like traditional performers yeah. And you also, yeah, you can play any sort of character that doesn't necessarily like, you know, things that people wouldn't expect you to be. Like, yeah. I don't know how many times I played like a like a big, like broy dude. Yeah. Or like, a, a, you know, like a bodybuilder or something. And I'm like five foot three. Yeah, <laughs> like, I think I think a lot scrawny. of women like playing men. I think that's very common to be like, I want to be a bro or whatever. Or like, yeah. Um, where you don't want to be sexualized, whereas like my thing was like no one ever sexualized me. Yeah, <laughs> so go out there and take it. <laughs> <laughs> Reclaim the night, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Um, um. So then, when you when you started writing sketch, were you writing for like yourself to perform in them, or you just were like like with the idea of like when you were taking those sketch classes, like, oh, I want to put myself in these sketches or was it just in general to get your ideas out no matter who might portray the characters? I think I think early on it was just like me trying to understand even what it was because I remember feeling yeah. like, um, I know there are definitely like people who are like comedy nerds in the sense of like, they, you know, they show up to their first sketch writing class and are like, I watched every season of SNL from 1999 to 2017, you know, like they're like yeah. very hardcore and like, I talk about this a lot with people too of like I think it's specific to women um and like like probably people of color or queer people or people who have ever felt marginalized in any way that like your like frame of reference is feels so different than like the mm-hmm. traditional like comedy people frame of reference like I remember I remember feeling out of place because I didn't have this I like I mean, I did in some respects, I, you know, I'd seen SNL a bunch and I had like, I used to like watching stand up on Comedy Central because it came up right after school. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I, I never remember thinking of myself as like a comedy nerd. And I felt like very, yeah. I very, I was like a theater dork. And I remember writing like sketches based off of like theater stuff, like my frame of reference and like having all male teachers and being like, this is, too-. I remember getting a lot of this is too niche early on. Yeah. Um, and now everyone writes sketches like that because like everyone is like a former theater kid at sketch. And I, that was probably true when I was doing it too. But like, I feel like now more of those people are like teaching and I feel like there are more like examples of like, I always say that like difficult, if difficult people had been on like six years ago, 
I would have been like, ah, yeah. these people have the same, these people have the same frame of reference as I do. Exactly. And it felt like, I don't know what I'm doing here. And so I wasn't sure. I wasn't even sure. Like, oh, do I love sketch comedy? But I think once I started really like, then I got like started, I was on an indie team. And I think mm-hmm. once I started performing it and like actually doing shows, I was like, oh, I do love this. This is fun. And it felt like yeah. theater. So I liked that element. Yeah. Of. So you, you had an indie sketch team? Yes. Uh, this girl I had taken a class with, I think she was just like someone who was very good at organizing. And, oh, yeah. Because um, I, I feel like indie teams just disintegrate, but ours lasted a while and then it like continued on after I was on it. it they were around for a while and we did, you know, we did pretty regular shows and that was fun because I was an actor too. Um, yeah. So that was like that period of like, when I was doing a lot of improv and then I was like performing on a sketch team. So I was like, Oh, maybe I should just be a performer because I guess I'm better at it. But um, yeah. Then it was also having that realization of like, no, you like got into this to like learn how to be a better writer. Right. So like, you're defaulting into the thing that you're very comfortable with. Um, so I had to like take a hard pivot of like, I'm a writer now, which sucks because I, I do think people do do both, but like, I also do think you get labeled as one or the other like writer or you- performer. You really do. I had a similar pivot where like I uh, I got into improv heavily in New York because I was working on my writing and I was like, well, I'm doing these sketch classes. I should take an improv class. Um, And I did theater and improv growing up. But like in my high school had like an improv club and then I did like the school plays and all that. So I knew what like it was, but I was like trying to be a writer, but then just kind of like stumbled into the improv thing. And then I ended up like just doing way more performance stuff than the writing stuff. And it got really like muddled and confusing for a couple of years there. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, I think that's I think that's common. I also think it's I mean, it's hard to sometimes not do one without the other because. Yeah. Um, especially like performance tends to be how I like it's easier to like make connections. I feel like it's like yeah. people are aware of you when you're performing. They're like you like exist. Like the more they like now that I've, I've like shifted almost completely back to writing. I, I sometimes feel like I'm like, guys, I'm here. And like, there's this like deep rooted, like actor, like performer girl who like is always like, why don't you ask me to do your shows? I'm like, I think because you haven't performed in two years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, nobody's performed in two years but even before that. <laughs> I was like when things started to open up again uh in the city and people were doing like stand-up shows and I was seeing all these lineups and I started to be like oh no one's booking me I'm like of course they're not I haven't done stand-up in a year and a half like yeah. why would they I have made no effort I like there were people that were doing every, zoom shows literally everyone has said it too like people like especially friends who like are not yeah performing as much they're all like they're all like <sighs> everyone's doing shows but me and I'm like I actually think a very small people have do, are doing shows because like yeah especially now I mean like there was this, like that month in June where I felt like everyone was trying to get a show up and then Delta hit and now everyone's like mm, I don't know yep it's a weird fucking time yeah is it <laughs> worth dying for this open mic probably not no no I, uh, my day job, I like direct uh, video content, a lot of branded stuff. And I was like fairly certain for, for a number of months there that I was going to die for branded content. And I was not excited. <laughs> not great. Not great. No, no. Um, so like, well, that being said, when like, I know you're doing a lot of writing for stage before, like sketch, et cetera. And I know you've worked on like pilots and other things, like longer things. 
But like, have you um, like now in the in the the big massive pivot that we've all had to make in the last couple of years? Have you been trying to write for video, or have you just sort of been like stockpiling anything that you might be working on, or have you been writing really at all through through lockdown and anything like that? Yeah, I have on and off. Uh, like, yeah, one of the things that had happened, like, kind of right before quarantine, is like I started doing well with the like published satire stuff. And that, oh, yeah. that like helped my like writing. Well, career is a loose term um, more than like sketch like ever did. I was getting, yeah. I, you know, I had like some light contact with agents or whatever, but like nothing that was really sticking. And I, but it, I was public. And then I was like on a trip where I was like publishing a lot. And I was like, I had had one thing that had really like one piece that went super viral and helped me a lot. Mm-hmm. So, and then I was like doing well with that. And I was like, oh, potentially I could write another piece that could do that. And then like the pandemic hit and stopped everything for like at least six months. Yeah. And, um, and then, and then like I made myself, I made myself write a few pilots last summer, but I haven't edited them at all. Like they're just like yeah. first drafts. And then I did take a screenwriting class. So I did finish the first draft of a screenplay. Cool. So it's been a lot of stuff that I've just like, yeah, like stockpiled. Like I've written, you know, I've, I've had bursts of energy. And then yeah. I, I I did get one McSweeney's piece out like a, like a month ago. And that was like the first one I had done in like, in like 18 months. And, I saw that, uh, yeah. And so like, yeah, it's like it's like very like much like sprints rather than like, oh, I'm like working and like on a trajectory and like feeling good about what I'm like putting out on top of my job. It's like I lost my job, quarantine hit, and I just like I like didn't nothing felt funny anymore. Like nothing felt yeah. like I like I don't know how to like make light of like some people did really well with like still writing topical stuff at the beginning, middle and whatever this is of quarantine. But like a lot of it, it's, I'll, I'll, try, I'll like have an idea for something and I'll go down to write it. And then it just doesn't feel like something that's funny. Like even if, even yeah. if the idea is funny, I was like, this, I don't want to be making fun of this. This is like a painful thing that's happening to tons of people. Yeah. I, uh, I've definitely felt that too. Like, it's just, I just haven't felt very funny, but I've still been like working on some things here and there, but you know, it's like a lot more other stuff like this, where it's like, this is creative. I can be funny in the conversation, but like, it's not like me sitting down and like hammering out a premise by myself. <laughs> yeah, um, definitely. So when you when you got into writing um, satire pieces, like for like p- publishing online and stuff versus like writing narrative or sketch, like dialogue driven stuff, did you find it was like really easy to hop between the different disciplines because they are like different skills no I did I didn't find it I I would say I would say actually at their core they are almost the same skill but Mm -hmm. um in terms of like the technical writing of it it was really hard for me to write prose because I had I just like I know other sketch writers who definitely come from like a like they were English majors and um you know they wrote a lot of essays and short stories and like had just like a, a denser background with prose but like most of my yeah. experience with writing has always been in like script format so mm-hmm. um I was like oh I have to write so many words on the page that's weird uh and so I yeah it took me like some definite like trial and error and like uh, it was very hard to start because I knew a lot of people who were doing it and I was like oh this seems like I was and I had like I think I had some experience where I was like, 
in a situation where I couldn't, I didn't have like any samples to send someone yeah. something. Yeah. And I was like, I just need, I was like, I don't even need it to be like in the New Yorker. I just need something on a website somewhere that I can like send to somebody if the opportunity arises. Cause I felt like right. I didn't have anything. And I had done, I'd been writing like headlines for above average for a little mm-hmm. pretty consistently, but I wasn't really writing like full pieces. So I was like, I just need more stuff on the internet. Um, but it, it was hard. It was really hard at first because I, I didn't really know what I was doing in terms of just the technical ability to do it. And like, it felt like going mm-hmm. back to school almost like, oh, I'm yeah. writing a five paragraph essay, which I haven't done in 15 years. Yeah. But once, yeah. once I kind of got over that and like made myself get over it, I would say mm-hmm. that um, the like core of like sketch writing, of like hitting a game and following it like hitting a hard idea is like right it's the exact same thing i think in in yeah in satire but i've even like pitched to people the idea of teaching a class of like sketch to satire because i've heard a lot of other sketch writers say the same thing they're like i want to do that but i don't know how and i was like you do you definitely do um you just have to kind of you know go back to the same way when you first started writing sketch of like you know, you're on a boogie team or a mod team or something, and you get very comfortable churning out a lot of material. Mm -hmm. Um, But before you do that, it's, I think writing one sketch is like very daunting. Yeah. So it's the same way with, with those type of pieces. I think once you've done, once you've done one or two and you feel comfortable with, you can start just turning them out, like turn out sketches. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It definitely is just like getting comfortable with the format. Um, it, it it is i feel like i've also heard the same thing like a lot of people like being trepidatious myself included like what um what kind of like sparked you to even try to attempt the prose thing uh because i know some people just won't even touch it did you just always like that uh, stuff and wanted to try it or honestly probably just jealousy of like <laughs> people like the best motivator see other people doing it and getting attention and I was like, hmm, attention. That's always my real motivator. <laughs> <laughs> Give me some of that. It's funny. <laughs> now I'll, I'll meet like writers. Like, again, people who like purely have only been writers and never really liked performing, even if they did improv brief- briefly, but like still don't really like performing, um, mm-hmm. will be like, oh, I hate when people perceive me. I hate, um, I hate attention. I really don't want attention. I just like writing. And I'm like, I don't relate to that. Are you saying that yeah. for attention? that is like I I, like I'm so I'm so like attention motivated that I don't understand that other people aren't so you don't want to be the faceless writer then you want to be you're gonna have the epic uh uh, what is that jacket book jacket photo shoot or yeah I don't I don't it doesn't even have to be my face like I I think if I'm getting the public attention of like I've published a book or I'm writing on a television show and like my name is out there and like people know yeah. who I am because I mean as yeah. soon as I get the attention I hate it like I yeah. like I'm in constant like like seeking it out but as soon as somebody is like wow I really like the writing or like oh wow that's cool that you're working on this I'm like uh, like I panic so I, I do understand like not liking it when you get it like always yeah. in pursuit of it <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I feel that. I like the I like the conflicting uh, <laughs> emotions. Yeah, as soon as there. anyone I compliments I, me, I go one hundred percent Irish Catholic, and I'm like, I don't. What am I? Supposed yeah. To it, what do you mean? It's, <laughs> it's trash. No. 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 Don't. You're wrong. Get out of my face. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, here's a question for you because I now this thing, like talking about this trajectory, I've I, I have noticed many sketch writers, uh, or more like script writers, then getting into long like prose, like humor prose, then writing books. Are you do you have any like any like inkling to try doing like a humor book or some sort of thing like that? Yeah, I've like toyed with it. I get it. It's like the same place of being like, I don't even know where to begin. Um, Yeah. I like one piece that went viral, which was my first McSweeney's piece, The Ladies Hero Journey. And it's in the McSweeney's book. That was like the one that got me attention from anyone. And one of the like, one agent had reached out to me. She was like a novel. She was like a novel literary writer, like Mm -hmm. literary agent. So like, I was like, oh, I don't, really do that and like she was really nice and we just like talked about different things and uh mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure she still like follows me on Twitter but um mm-hmm. I'm always like oh I guess I should come up with a book pitch because like that's something but then I like never do it but I've thought yeah. about writing things that are like and I had even asked her in that conversation because I knew you know some of my friends had written that uh one that one book um mm-hmm. uh, uh oh I forget no I can't what it is but yeah it had come from that they had like a viral piece and then they turned it into a book and I was mm-hmm. like is that ever is like that something that could happen and she was like oh no you need a much bigger uh media following or yeah. it just or it just wasn't the type of thing that she does because I, I know other people who have gotten the similar deals off of similar ideas and I was like oh I think if I had just gotten a little bit more attention that, that maybe where that piece could have gone yeah, um, but I didn't. But I was like, ah, should I just write one or should I like I had people tell me they're like, oh, you should shop it. And I was like, I don't think it's that good or like not not even that. Like, I don't think yeah. it's that much attention. Um, yeah. So I, I think it's like an option and I've thought about it. I've also thought about writing a novel. But again, it's just like the mechanics of I don't know how. And like. I thought about doing it in quarantine because I was jobless and it was quarantine, yeah. but it felt easier to write like more pilots and a screenplay. Cause again, it was like an easier muscle to yeah. flex and it was so hard for me to write in general that I was like, I can't do this. Yeah. I imagine that like, if that agent who had reached out to you specifically was like books of short essays type agent and not like a novel yeah. agent, then like maybe the conversation would have been different. Um, but but yeah, it's interesting, like, you know, some it's it's so crazy how those like trajectories work sometimes. Sometimes you can just have a viral piece and then get a whole book deal off that. And then, you know, you're left ha- having to write the rest of a book. Yeah, <laughs> off of I, have heard people, I have heard people say that have gotten those deals and people will be, people will ask them like, oh, how did you write a book? And they were like, someone gave me a deadline. That's like, that's mm-hmm. what happened. Someone offered I think me a bunch like, of money. Yeah. And you have to do it. Yeah. I had to do it. So, yeah. I was like, yeah, if <laughs> someone gave me a hard, like you should write this book and we're going to buy it from you. I'd be like, sure. I'll figure out a way to write that book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. So like, so for now in the next like foreseeable future, what are, what do you like, what most excites you? Like, what is your focus? Is it on creating more prose? Is it, you know, working on these, these scripts, maybe taking these first drafts out and re beating them, beating them down to shit and rewriting them? Like yeah. what, what's on your docket? Um, I mean, I think I'm still definitely stuck in that, like, yeah, uh, whatever I can do, I'll do kind of thing of like, it still doesn't feel like 
exciting. I mean, I guess so when I'm when I'm in it, when I'm in it and I'm writing, it feels good. And I'm like, you need to make sure you keep doing this. But it's like very hard to get to that place. So like, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I'm trying more now to just get back into submitting things again. Like I wrote a lot of yeah. things in the solitude of my room, but, um, you know, making sure like I have a pilot now that's like, I have a few, but I have one that's in shape for submissions and stuff. And I did one submission a couple of weeks ago and I was like, okay, you did that one. And like, <laughs> yeah. So, at least trying to get the things that I've written read, I guess, is where I'm at. I, you know, I'm definitely yeah. feeling that glass ceiling thing of like, okay, I think I have the skills to do this. Right. Um, because I think a lot of like early writing classes and like comedy stuff is all about like getting reps to get better. And then you hit a point where you're like, I feel like I'm in the place where I could be doing this because I know my peers that are doing it. And I'm like, I know that I'm at their, you know, when you know you're at a certain level, and you feel yeah. confident about that. And I yeah. do, I, that's kind of how I feel, but I, I definitely feel that stopping point of, I don't, I, I've written a bunch of pilots, but I don't know how to get anyone to read them or like, I don't know right. how to get someone to read a screenplay or, um, and like the the momentum I made right before quarantine of maybe, maybe I would shop or maybe I would just like, you know, do that like hard, like I guess cold emailing does work for some people. I was thinking about doing it, but I don't, I also have that like snobby idea of like, if you build it, they will come. Um, But like, (laughs) like harder grind. I think we all came to a halt for everyone. So like, I'm like, without that, I don't know what I'm doing right now. Yeah. I mean, same, like it definitely was a similar thing for me. It was a very hard grind that then uh, just sort of disappeared. And now I'm like, well, kind of floating around out here. See what happens. (laughs) Um, I'm interested. Yeah, maybe something... Something oh, will just break up, baby. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that was a we, we got a little bit of a delay here. Yeah, that's okay. Um, I'm actually just interested to know. Um, so you said like when you're in it and you're writing, you're feeling really good about it. Do you like, so I know a lot of writers and myself included, I don't necessarily enjoy the act of writing. I enjoy having ideas and then I enjoy when I'm done writing it and I can, <laughs> and yeah. I can read it. But is it like when you're actually in the thick of, you know, sitting there and writing, is that like, is that the, the exciting part for you? Or is it when it's at the table read or? Um, I mean, there are definitely times where if I'm like plugged in and I'm like happy, yeah, if I'm like excited about the idea and it's a first yeah. draft and I'm like, you know, I've, I've like, you know, for me, the biggest challenge is just like sitting down and like opening the document and like, like those first, you know, whatever sentences that you start. And that is like, pulling teeth for me to get myself started but when I'm like actually writing I I do like that and then but yeah I mean those other things are way more exciting like finishing or having people read it or um, yeah you know getting to post on social media that you finished a pilot (laughs) (laughs) again attention driven (laughs) it really is there are some people um not you but some other people who even before like this is before pandemic were like posting about like every week they're finishing another pilot. And I'm like, I'm not sure I believe that you've written that much. I think you just typed a cover page and took a picture of it. <laughs> yeah. I have a lot of questions about some of those. So it's like, and I'm like, I like, yeah. definitely admitted to being guilty. I'm always like, did you like, is it good though? Like, did, is it a final draft? Is it just like, did you just like vomit out 20 pages? Like, I yeah. always like wonder what's going on there. 
Um, yeah. My roommate was just saying she was at a coffee shop in Brooklyn and she was overhearing two guys like pitching their screenplays to one another and they were actors oh, and they were just doing it very performatively at like a coffee shop. It was like every thing that I think everyone makes fun of. And it was like, <laughs> well, oh, okay, I guess congrats. You're writing. I don't know if they had actually fully written it, written the script or not, or if they were just like talking about it, but it's like, yeah, yeah. sometimes you can just be high on your own like ideas, but it's like, yeah. okay. But yeah, it, when you make it like that level of performative, that yeah really want those people dead I don't people know are like <laughs> yeah I was like oh man I just wrote a whole pilot today I just sat down and did it and I was like I guarantee it's not good if you only did it in one day <laughs> yeah like, I mean probably, I, eh, fine <laughs> I had done like a challenge with myself last summer where yeah it, it was like it was from a, a standpoint of I was like okay so let's say someone does read your pilot Kathleen and they like it and then they hire you to be like you know you, you get the end goal of being staffed um mm-hmm you've worked so hard on this one pilot. If you're like suddenly a television writer, you have to just like write long, you have to write episodes all the time. I'm like, can you do that on like under a time frame? So I did this thing where I made myself write a pilot in a week and I wrote yeah. three in three weeks and it was doable. It was fine. But yeah, well, they weren't good. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, yeah I think if a... I was working 40 hours a week doing that, I could, yeah, prob- and with the team of other writers or, you know, however right. else that works, I was like, oh, yeah, I, I f- it made me feel good of like, oh, this isn't the only pilot you'll ever write in your life kind of feeling. Because I think feel like you finish your first one and you're like, I don't know if I could do that again. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know if I could or that, nor that I want to, but yet somehow I will. And somehow I'll- this is my goal for my life. But <laughs> <laughs> I think there is something about, um, you know, different people work in different styles, but I think like something about being a writer is very solitude, stationary, just like kind of alone with your pen and pad, uh, whatever. But like, I personally enjoy the collaboration of a writer's room and getting notes from people and, and like, you know, bouncing ideas off of people. And I think like the getting the work sample pilot process that we all do to get you know, the samples that we're going to submit to things is, you know, very kind of lonely. And, you know, you're not necessarily and sometimes unless you, you know, do an independent writers group or something can bounce ideas off of people for for, for that. So it's, it's a lot harder, I think. Yeah. And you, even if you get notes from someone, like somebody reads it and gives you notes, like it's like never enough notes to like actually fit. Like very rarely does someone like give you the type of structural notes that you would get in like a sketch writer's room of like, you know, sometimes you'll get a sketch note that's like, this idea is good, but what if we did it under this lens? And it you have to rewrite the whole thing, which is only three pages or four pages. Um, but it's a totally different script, technically, even though it's like the same core yeah. idea. And like, sometimes I'm like, I think sometimes my pilots need that, but no one gives you those notes. So you have to either figure it out yourself or just not ever, you know, or it's just a best sample forever. Like, yeah. Um, I do like the isolation. Like I did find going back to satire that that was something that was very refreshing for me. Having done a lot of sketch was like, mm-hmm. I didn't have the, like, I didn't have the accountability of a writer's room, but it was nice to just like, you know, people gave me notes on those pieces. Like I, you know, gave them to friends who were doing the same thing and they were helpful, but it, it was never, it was still just something I could do without anybody's need. Again, that need for validation or that need for yeah. like, it doesn't have to be performed. Like I can just write this and send this to an editor and either it gets published or it doesn't. 
And mm-hmm. that that like level of turnaround, I think, was very satisfying. Mm-hmm. Um, but then longer form stuff, it's I think just as frustrating because you, you there's so many things that go into making it happen. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's absolutely true. There's something sort of like uh, single use, uh, like turn the page, wash your hands about the shorter form, like prose things where it's like, I can just do this. If I think it's funny, send it out. <laughs> yeah. See what sticks. <laughs> and there's not that like need for. Yeah, nobody has to perform it. And mm-hmm. I lost my train of thought. So that's not helpful. <laughs> <laughs> and then it went away it happens I think it has- just stirring content for you <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, and, or I was just gonna say that's another thing too of like there's so much pressure to like just put out content now and yeah it is is it any of it good <laughs> no <laughs> that's how yeah that's how I honestly feel about a lot of things about video stuff about podcasts like the whole reason I was so didn't want to have a podcast and, you know, kind of the reason that I am ha- even have this podcast is because I didn't want to have one because people kept being like, put out a podcast. And I'd be like, about fucking what? And for why? Like, there's a million of them already. <laughs> yeah. But um, but then I like found something that I actually just wanted to have conversations with people and friends about. Uh, and then, you know. Yeah, that's great. Turn it into content because everything's freaking content, baby. (laughs) Gotta make content. Yeah, that's all we're here for. That's why that's the meaning of life. I did TikTok briefly and it was like, I did like okay on there. And then it was like, wait, I have to do this every day forever. Yeah, I am. I did notice you. I saw when you were doing that. I personally can't. I get too addicted to TikTok. I can't have it on my phone. Yeah. I just, it, I, I watch it for like seven hours and I yeah, can't move. I'll do that. I still do that. <laughs> um, how did you find, did, did you enjoy doing that very briefly when you were making the videos for TikTok uh, or was it like a suck of your soul? <laughs> I, yes and no um, to both of those things. Like, um, it, like there were days I was like, cause I was not writing. So I was like, what if you just wait, right. make, wake up every day and like make a TikTok um, and then I tried that for like a month ish and I, I guess a couple months and it was fine at first, but then there were definitely days where like I, for TikTok, it was like going back to the acting thing of like, Oh, I have to wake up and I have to feel like not depressed about the way my face looks today. Not that yeah. I, I just like the way I look or anything like that, but it was just that very <laughs> nitty gritty thing of like, Ooh, this is a camera and I have to look at myself. Um, and then I got, I like a very random video of mine, went very, very viral. And I got very, very trolled heavily and, um, like aggressively to the point of like, you know, I'm 33. I've been on the internet for a long time. I've had everyone say everything under the sun to me having a fairly active social media presence. Um, Mm -hmm. but like the level of trolling on TikTok is very aggressive. Like there's just so many users and they're faceless users. They're just like, they're essentially bots or they're just like, yeah. I actually think there is somewhere like, a like I, I've heard people do it on discord where they just like uh-huh. get groups of trolls together and they find something they hate and they just bomb it. I'm pretty, yeah. I, I know that definitely happens on Twitch and I'm pretty sure it happens on TikTok too. Um, and I got stitched yeah. by a right wing comedian who just like made oh. fun of me. And so then all of his fans came after me and it was just very, uh, it, it was like, you know, I don't care if like 